MG. DB. DB. How you go? Welcome. Welcome. Um, brand new, uh, brand new sound. Yeah. High fidelity. You can hear uh, a whole range of things that you couldn't hear previously. That's right. It's not and just and what we're saying, it's the way we're saying it. And less of other things. Mm. We uh, we like adding, but we also like subtracting. Yeah. Probably more so. Increasing the uh, the distinction. Um, so the weather's really put on a show for us today, hasn't it? For this uh, this episode. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. It, hasn't it? It's been spectacular. It's sparkling. There's um, there's little bits that fly around in the wind, mm. you know, and they sort of glisten in the sunlight. Spores. Spo- yeah, spores and catching uh, the light. Yeah. Um, you know, filling the air, giving you a sense of depth where previously there was none. It's always really nice. Yeah. It. it weather can be quite superficial. And today it's not. Sometimes you sometimes you wonder why, um, you know, it's a it's a certain way. But today it certainly has a, a definite um, intent, mm. I should say, and mm. that's to to let us know that we we've been put here for a reason. Yes. So our hats off to the weather, um, and and I think it's fitting that today of all days the weather is is telling us. Yeah, well, I've, well I've, had, I've had a feeling for some time that that um, things have been put in place um, by uh, a higher force. Yeah, you know, the, these there's certain things that happen day to day, and you, you you think to yourself, well, that wasn't that wasn't that wasn't just chance, that was destiny. A sort of um, order in the disorder. That's right. Yeah. yeah. In, in the malaise, a, a light shines through and and directs you. Yeah. What to the average person just looks like meaningless chaos, or to, to everyone, um, you uh, once you look at it for long enough, patterns start to emerge, and you realise that this is this is not a not a game. No. So let's continue uh, our uh, yeah, let's discussion. Go, let's carry on with the conversation we're having. There are lots of important things we have to get through today, and yeah. we're, we're time limited. Yeah, we can't just flip flop about. Yeah. So first thing is exactly what we are just talking about: time limitations. Yeah. Yeah. Dealing with time, managing time. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just you know, uh, we're not going to talk about my time management, but more about understanding, deep diving into what the limitations are vis-a-vis time, hmm. uh, understanding those limitations allows you to... To transcend them. To tra- exactly. You can yeah. jump over the fence. Yeah. There's no point uh, embarking on a task unless you know, unless you have a finished date or finished time even, you know. If I was to wake up in the morning and, uh, you know, start making breakfast, but breakfast suddenly meant dinner, I could spend all day making it. Yeah. and that would that would be of no benefit to mm. me. Mm. It's not a it's not a Venn diagram. Time is is it's uh it's not negotiable. It's yeah, it's not. It's uh it, and and it's not a a line either. It's not a a line with little divots in it indicating intervals. No, it's continuous. It's 
continuous. It's continuous. It's uh, cascading, um, and uh, it's uh, it's really uh, you can't you can't argue with it. It'll get you nowhere. People like to envisage time as uh, uh, perhaps as you're sitting on a boat going down a river. Yeah, and the the, the flow of the river represents time. Mm. Uh, and your aging body on the boat is uh, a signifier, if you yeah. if you will. It's the evidence. But really, time yeah. is more boat, like what's a, the boat in that? In that, it's a terrible a analogy. The boat mm. is meaningless. So I, I often object when I hear this, and I say mm. that time is more like a spear coming mm. at you, and you you can watch and behold the spear, and yeah. you know its ultimate destination, but you're just watching its trajectory, and that that's time. You can all you can do is sit back and watch the spear approach. Uh, another another good metaphor for time is uh, just going for a walk. You know, it can be as banal as that, walking down the road. A purposeless know. walk. Uh, it could be could be a meandering sort of walk. It could be a walk uh, to the local service station to buy some um, bottled water. It could be anything. Mm. I mean, it really could be anything. The, the we could we could go on all day about the metaphors. Yeah, yeah, uh, the, we could, and yeah. and we should, in fact. Yeah. The, what what other metaphors? I liked your I like your walking one because you, yeah. you might make little decisions as you as you go about That's your right. walk, and it's compartmentalized, you know, it's uh, or it's uh, whatever the word is, um, it's broken up in, mm. into pieces. Mm. Each step represents a second. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why I think it would be better if instead of time, we just, uh, time would only pass each time we take a step. So we can, if we wanted to, we can just stand very still and contemplate our next move and time will, will freeze. It's a bit, it's a bit like, um, a bit like the notion of intervals, mm. but, um, see, I, I, there's a contradiction here. You, you're, you, time is not negotiable. But in your now expanded analogy, it, it's become negotiable. No, I'm I'm arguing that it should be. That it should it, be. It's not currently, and uh, there's no reason to have any hope that it will become that way. But uh, I'm I'm sort of uh, there's a little bit of me that that hopes that it will be that way one day. Okay. You know, okay. In my time. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Time is. Um, it's of the essence. It is. What. what we touched upon the, the, the boundaries, the limitations of time. What are the things that you can do with time and what can't yeah. you do with time? Yeah, what can you do within time, you know? You could, you could sit around lamenting the fact that uh, it's, um, it's inevitable or whatever, it's not negotiable, as we've already touched on. Um, but for some people, these, these, these questions, these, um, don't, they don't even occur to them. They just think, look, it's sort of a glass half full type perspective. You know, I've been given X amount of seconds, and I'm just going to uh, I'm going to use them, or I'm not going to use them. I'm not going to feel upset about it in any case. Mm. I was uh, recently uh, walking through the uh, steps of uh, South America, oh, yes. and I uh, happened to uh, chance upon some flamingos in a in a on the step. Uh, yeah, that's right. Mm. That's right. Um, there was a, a, a bit of a dried up lake situation. Right. And uh, Another and example of time sort of sneaking up on you. Well... You know, when they arrived, it was probably very, very uh, fulsome, the lake. The, those flamingos 
they, for me, what they represented was a misunderstanding of time. They were there, not at the right moment. And they looked very thirsty, um, yet confused. They didn't understand why they were thirsty. It's the sort of uh, look that you often see in the eyes of a bird. Mm. It's sort of a combined emotion of thirst and confusion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, It's uh, the uh, elementals of uh, existential dread. It is. Um, So, yeah, what did they do? Did you approach them? You know, did you, or did you just turn and walk away? Uh, I just drove right past. Right. Oh, so you you were already going at some speed. Yes. This was nothing more than a a glance. This was, it, it was a, a glance, but uh, it, it was a profound one. Yeah. It was one that sort of um, has a paradigm shattering effect, which you don't realize until much later when you're lying in your sleeping bag, mm. in your bunk bed, for example, if yeah. you're on a road trip. Yeah twiddling your thumbs just waiting to finally lose consciousness and then it occurs to you something that flashed before your eyes earlier that day that's right that's Mm. right so um another thing that uh that is not related to what we're talking about is the following question Hmm. have you ever fired a gun uh no i've never fired a gun why not i haven't had the opportunity uh and if i if i did i would i would seize it what would you would seize it? I would. What what type of gun would you be happy to try? Oh, any. Any? So yeah. you, you don't have any guns From that you would say. Small arms through to a uh, a high caliber high caliber <laughs> caliber um, gun yeah. that's capable of uh, reaping all sorts of destruction. Mm. I'd really like to fire rounds. a gun that could shoot through a a really thick concrete wall. Maybe on one Maybe of the a uh, concrete, you know, a concrete box full of something. Yeah, people. I don't know. You probably need a little tripod for that gun, I imagine. Yeah, definitely. Um, a little shock absorbing mount. Yeah, uh, I'd like to fire it off a hay hay bale if possible into the uh, the concrete box. Yeah. So uh, th- the reason I ask this question, MG, is because. DB, we just lost transmission there for a bit, but I think what we really need to talk about here is an issue that's gripped the nation. It's uh, one of waste and waste management. And it all started when that guy from um, CNN and N mm. made that waste documentary yeah. about waste, yeah. how much we waste he is materials, whether it be clothes, coffee cups, plastic bags... You know, we just throw it out. We do. We live in a very wasteful society. And uh, I think it's been um, compounded by uh, China's new policy. Mm. No longer going to take it. The Not taking any shit from us. No anymore. more shit policy. Yeah. Um, which is, I think it's a good policy. Which raises the question, what are we to do? Are we to stop consuming, full stop? Mm. Or do we start to buy our goods without any packaging whatsoever perhaps we, there could be a water cart that arrives to your to your house mm-hmm. and you refill your one flask every morning before you leave the house yeah or spaghetti for example you just go and grab a handful from a, a hessian sack at your local coles uh perhaps a sterilized drone delivery mm. mechanism it just drops it down into one of several vats that are situated in your backyard fills it with 
there's one for plums mm. one for self-raising flour yeah you have so sort of sort of like um open tubes at the top of your house instead of chimneys the, 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 yeah. the drone sort of mounts the the tube and and just it, it ejects shoots the yeah it, it, the it goods down releases the cargo into the the tube so what we're moving towards here is is no longer having any form of packaged commodity we have services which include every commodity under the sun you have a tube you have a wall of tubes in your house you have a tube for pipes to come out of smaller pipes obviously so you can continue purposes. building the tube system that's right it, yeah. it needs to be self-replicating plums peaches nectarines watermelons you know every fruit obviously but and even, you know uh, maize as as we become more uh, advanced in this new system mm. then the deliverable goods will become more more um um what, what's the word i'm, I'm looking for mg um Liquid? Pro, you can you can deliver more processed type goods so mm. not just plums and, and peaches yeah. but maybe a, be a plum slurry uh, meatballs yes, or yeah. um or, or indeed other yeah so we'll start with the basics and then yeah, as that's we, right. as we uh, as we progress these these basic goods become more complex the solution has to be incremental that's but right it's not just about reducing packaging is it mg there are we, we, we will still have waste there will there's be existing but be waste. The, in the well there's existing waste and there'll also be waste on the uh, the production side of this equation there'll be industrial waste yes you know and we'll we'll also have to deal with that, and I uh, I think we'll be able to strike a deal with China. You you think the a deal with China is the? I think Ch China will be back back in eventually. Okay, I see. I've heard uh, rumours of the Great Pit, um, the proposal, the, the proposal of proposal. well, so far just rumours, no confirmations. Yeah. There have been a few leaks here and there to suggest yeah. that um, the uh, government is looking to. Uh, a dig a, a, a big pit behind Uluru. Yep. Yeah. So you can't see it. You can't you know, see it. That's uh, and it's a. It, well, most of all, it's sustainable, isn't it? It's a pit. Yeah. Uh, it's a pit that's so big, I, we can scarcely imagine filling it. It would be uh, something uh, like fifty kilometers deep. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that would that would need. cater that's to our needs. To yeah. Um, but uh, obviously, the foreseeable future. There are logistical questions. Okay. Mm. Who, who's going to build? Who's going to yeah. dig the pit? Who's going to fund this pit? More importantly, who's going to fund it? Yeah. Is it the Australian taxpayer? Yeah, well, you know, who's going, to, uh, who's going to pay for the pit? Who's going to pay for the pit workers? You know, and who's going to who's going to pay for their families? Who's going to take care of their families? Yeah, yeah, you can't just pay a um, a pit worker because the the reality is they're they're going to be burrowed in quite deep for a very long period of time. So when they're burrowed in deep someone has to um, pay for the their family upkeep that's right i mean there's in theory if we're if we're building this pit it will be a a disaster it'll be a humanitarian disaster there'll be people well, even if we're halfway through 25 kilometers beneath the surface yeah. of the earth digging this pit and but they'll has, know this in costs. advance. They'll, that has the, costs. I just I think it's worth stressing that anyone who's digging a pit knows the risks they and will, has, they, they have accepted those risks. Consenting parties to yes. digging this pit, but until you're down there in the pit, you yeah. really you really can't imagine what it's like. It's a bit like World War One or it's, something like it's that. It's a noble cause. I, I would liken it to um, uh, uh, people who are uh, 
today volunteering to be the first humans on Mars. Yeah. It's yeah. very similar. It's a, it's a uh, self-effacing act. Yes. Um, but that, that's not to say that there, there will be human costs. You know, people will be falling into the pit. Yeah. It's yeah. as simple that's, as it's that. It's the nature of a pit. We yeah. can't harness, we can't put harnesses on everyone. And, and the thing about the, the projects of this nature, they, they attract, you know, the, um, some of the have-nots of society and, and so on. You know, people who, you know, so, someone who has invented a new, um, a new mechanism to keep the, uh, the bubbles in your drink and is making millions from it mm. is hardly mm. going to sign up to go and dig a pit. No. It's the kind of person who just got fired from the, the soap factory. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, who's going to take up this opportunity. It's um, it's it's a jobs uh, boon, yeah. I, I think is it'll, is it'll one help. way of looking at it. Yeah. Um, the manufacturing Scoops industry up the remaining people in Australia has been uh, absolutely destroyed by the uh, the we current and previous governments, and uh, so well you know what we we can we can continue making things. We can mm. these skills are transferable. These yeah. these uh, manufacturing skilled workers they can they can put their hard hats back on and get back into the field and start digging you know they say that this this nation was built on the back of a sheep shearing shearing the wool off it and after that we started making cars for example we were making cars for a long time and you know now we're, now we've got we're sort of more in a, a service-based economy you know and, and other countries are, are creating microchips silicon valley internet startups things like this and what we are positing here is that we're going to move into the next phase of this evolution and construct a giant pit in the center of australia yeah and and it'll be a a tourist attraction as well yeah it'll sort of be like the mount everest of pits the more the more i think about this pit idea the more i like it Hmm. mg i think there's a lot of potential in there it'd be a, a great place to fly a drone for example, mm. so you could bring your drone and you could fly it down the pit yep. with your VR goggles. See what's goggles. down there. Yeah, you could go spelunking. It's going to invite a lot of um, inquiry. The pit. That it is. That it is. Hmm. DB, MG, we're back, and I'd like to uh, thank all of our listeners for uh, joining in and uh, Huge subscribing. Huge support. We, we have been overwhelmed with the amount of support that we've uh, received over the last few weeks. Uh, mm. This is the sixth episode of uh, Mice Rucibrus. Yep. And we have already had uh, an enormous amount of... Uh, over 600 donations. Uh, donations alone. Yeah. I've, got, I've received a number of fruit baskets. I don't know what to do with all the can, fruit. Canned goods, all that sort of stuff. Yep. The kind of thing you might see in a little box out the front of Coles on at Easter mm. or, and or Christmas. While I appreciate it, um, I, I would say I, I don't need second-hand clothes, so mm. uh, please stop yeah. sending Just those. throw it out. Throw yeah. it in the bin. So, MG, uh, I, was, um, I was at work the other day, mm. um, and I walked up to the coffee machine. I was all alone. The office was empty, and I was just waiting... Uh, for the coffee machine to, to start making that noise it does. The eh, eh, eh noise tells you that the coffee is about to come out. And, uh, and I glanced into the, the kitchenette and uh, I noticed uh, an array of, of magnets on the fridge. And uh, I was reminded of uh, my own 
fridge at home mm. and the magnets on that fridge and all of the stories that yeah, each magnet has. Them, yeah. do, do you have uh, fridge magnet stories? I have, uh, I have two fridge magnets. I'll, I'll, I'll start with that. So um, one of the fridge magnets is a, uh, has, a, has a story attached to it. Um, it's actually a fridge magnet that I got from the pizza shop across the road. They were giving them out for free one night. And I actually walked over um, and ordered a pizza and um, happened to pick up one of these magnets. <laughs> yeah, anyway, just, just thinking of it fills my, my heart with joy. So magnets are often, uh, you, you often get them for free. I, uh, yeah, they're often promotional. I have a similar story, um, also quite recent. Um, I, I have a long driveway. Yep. It's yeah. about 500 metres length. Right, so you live in a rural location. It's, it's not a rural location. It's just a, a very large house. Mm. And uh, at the end of my driveway is my post box. So I, I took a, a walk to the post box, mm. opened it up, and uh, someone had sent me a little envelope. Mm-hmm. It was a plumbing company. Right. Yeah, with a, with a bit of an offer, maybe. Well, I opened up the envelope. It seemed to have some heft. And inside was a, a sizable magnet. And the promotion was um, within... It was in the internal part of the magnet. And it suggested that I could remove the internal part. And the external part would make a nice frame. Hmm. So I could, I could put a photo on the fridge and frame it with the plumbing... Yeah, and and forever associate perhaps one of your loved ones with this plumbing company. It's great. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And like that, plenty of other stories, I think. And and what is the human condition but a uh, sequence of of unrelated and charming stories? Yeah, look, we're in in this sort of situation, aren't we, where uh, all we can do, you know, we were talking about time earlier and... How do we mark the passage of time other than through various anecdotes about little trinkets we picked up for free from different shops and, and through the mail? Mm. And this is why I, I, when you go traveling, you, you have this, um, there's, a, there's a sort of tradition, the traveler's tradition. It's distasteful, but it involves actually paying for magnets. Mm. Uh, magnets and, and key rings. Mm. These sort of trinkets. And... <coughs> Sorry, just a burst of asthma just, just there. Um. <laughs> anyway. DB. MG. We're back. Um, We're back. And um, a disclaimer, uh, this is not a live podcast you're listening to. This no. is pre-recorded. Yeah. So, um, any claims of currency, you know, uh, they're sort of irrelevant. We're not, we're not trying to be current here. We're just trying to an- analyze things as they have been. Yeah, in a, in a timeless nature. Yeah. We've, we've tried our hand at um, topicality, at, mm. at being, um, I suppose, um, responsive to the immediate demands of the internet. Yeah. And uh, There's no point, though. No. I mean, there, there are, there's, there's a common current... That runs underneath all of these things, and uh, there's no point discussing little contingencies and so on that occur day to day uh, when you really want to get at the core of what's what's occurring 
Yeah, at the 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 bones, mm. at the bones of the of the cooked turkey. Mm. Um, rip them apart and suck on the insides, and that suck that's, out the marrow. That's what we're here to do. So, um, I've yeah, received a lot of emails. Yeah, yeah, a lot of emails about uh, politics. Mm. And yeah, no, thank you. We're not going to be engaging with you. I'm not going to bring up the the topics here and there that yeah. you you want me to talk about this week's fancy you know talking about peter dutton or something no. oh he's done this he looks like a potato no yeah. we don't do I that i don't care right. so peter dutton is, it'll come and go is a man and that's, that's all, all he is all at the end of the day to say yeah. about it flesh and bone yes um mg we live in a society we do and for better or worse and it is composed of structures yeah and and more and more our society is becoming uh less and less atomized and becoming more and more concrete mm. don't you feel uh everyone's sort of starting to drink the kool-aid a bit more maybe yeah yeah it's become uh less decentralized and more of a gelatinous mm. um Weakly held together gelatinous substance, but nonetheless, a sort of a, there's a there's a wholeness to it. There is, and it's sort of it's been sitting on the sun on a on a hot tin um, tin surface, mm. and it's sort of it's bubbling a little bit and mm. and spreading thin. It is. So it's sort of like uh, you know you you can see your peers slowly moving away from you in this hot uh, spreading out pancake thing on the tin roof. You can see them going over the corrugations in the in the iron or the tin, I should say. Uh, and there's not much you can do. No. But at the same time, we all feel like we're part of the same uh, disgusting mess. Yeah. You know, and there's and there's not much we can do about it other than just go and live in the woods. I, I'm not going to pull out a magnifying glass and inspect that mess. We know it's no. a mess. We know we know we're in deep shit. And so what we talk about is perhaps from a perspective of um, being on the 20th floor balcony of an adjacent building, mm. looking down at this, this hot mess mm. from a distance. Bubbling. And what do we see from, from this viewpoint, MG? Yeah, do we get any sense of, uh, you know, often when you step away from something, you know, when you leave your, your country of origin or whatever, you get a sense of uh, what that thing is. You get a more of a holistic idea. The problem with uh, society today is the further away you step, the more alienated you feel. Mm. You know, you don't, you don't understand. You become more bewildered and uh, bamboozled. Well, you begin to question things like, what is this tin structure that society is, yeah. is on top of? These fundamental assumptions, you know. We've been focusing on what the goo is that we're part of mm. when the underlying corrugations are also something we should be questioning. And uh, one would say integral. Yeah, integral. And so then step back again, and it's the the surrounding atmosphere and the timber struts that hold up the the tin um, surface mm. that this sort of mm. omelet is spreading out on. Yeah. And how far will the omelet spread? That's true. I mean, is it going to start leaking off the side? Yeah. Uh, I think that's that's a danger point. Mm. Once, you know, we again we're not going to touch on the specifics of it, but we can say that once the omelet starts to leak off the side that's trouble yeah that's trouble brewing yeah it's uh the inertia of the expansion 
it, it's going to end at some point. It's going to hit yeah. up against we a, can't a keep solid going object. Forever. And even if even if the tin roof was theoretically infinite, which obviously it can't be, um, you know, at some point the the omelette ooze is going to start to break apart. Not no, nothing is infinitely stretchy, you know. No, that's that's, that's just a truth. Yeah, no, it's uh, finitely stretchy. Mm. Going to start to see little gaps occurring, vacuums, political vacuums. So, how can this um, perspective, this mice reciprocal perspective, yeah. um, help us? What, what practical advantages mm. does this endow us with? Well, we've hardly painted a very rosy picture, have we, of society? You know, we, we we're not uh, we're not being optimistic here, and and usually we are quite optimistic. Um, so, you know, with that, there's no easy answers that come with that, are there? We're, we're saying that all of society is completely fucked. And but how can you, you know, be how, optimistic, how, MG? And we are. Hmm. How do you remain optimistic? How do you remain optimistic? Yeah. What's well, may, maybe you, uh, you look in your local area for things you can do. Maybe you could join the local scouts club or become a milkman or something like that. Postman. Contribute. Open a local news agent and sell scratchies to people. You certainly don't want to become part of a, uh, a global uh, uh, strategic advice organization. Or an NGO. No, you don't want to be an NGO. You don't want to be flying into Nigeria and uh, trenching open sewage canals under some illusion that that's somehow going to fix the domestic situation. Now you're just accelerating the expansion of the goo. Um, I believe in uh, stringent, and this is an alternative, a stringent um, isolationism mm. at a personal level. Mm. Um, and this affects everything in my life, the purchases I make, the people is I interact the, uh, with. Is the, the fundamental unit, the cell of this vision, the family, DB? Um, it it involves jettisoning, jettisoning the notion of the family. Mm. The family is uh, another. It's a substructure of the societal stru- structure. Yeah. Um, that I I reject. It's a protein. Um, is it is it the the self then the individual DB? Is that where we should the be? cell should is the individual looking, looking inter looking inward look look inwards look yeah, inwards okay. and, and find solace and you will find solace yeah. as you improve as a person hmm. society may it may unravel yeah but you are nonetheless improving we may become increasingly divergent in ourselves until we 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 just can't even function together. We're like completely different species if we become that isolated, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. It might be good, might be a good thing. It, uh, it very much is 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 a good thing. I think the focus on the individual is what what gives us um, our capacity to act in society. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this sort of um, this sort of faux selflessness has really started to to irritate me a bit. You know, uh, I don't, I don't buy any of it. Not for a second.
MG. Uh, in this last segment, I'd like to talk about home economics because it's something Please. that we often like to talk about. I look forward I to it. I have been shopping lately at Lowe's, mm-hmm. and uh, and there you can buy some very cheap, uh, very thin clothing, made of very thin material, but uh, still very cheap. Yeah, doesn't last very long. Often you'll find holes appear after a few weeks, but yep. um, I still think it's probably a good thing to do. Because if you buy clothing that lasts for a very long time, you find it becomes filthy over time. Yeah, uh, the longer you have clothing, the dirtier it gets. Yeah, regardless of how many times you put it through the the cycle. It gets raggedy as well. That's but right. the longevity, um, it fills you with confidence that you should not have, mm. that this clothing is appropriate to wear. That somehow, by buying this shirt that you seem to think is going to last you a very long time that you're going to remain interested in wearing it. I mean, that's that's just not going to happen. That's right. You know? So, paper-thin clo- paper clothing that looks brand new is the best type of clothing. Uh, and then, once you've worn it two or three times, just throw it in a furnace. So, what you're saying, MG, is that we should purchase cheap clothes. I hear that that's message. That's right. As, as often as possible. Now... Um, if you have the money, why not purchase expensive clothes as often as possible? Hmm, that's a, that's a good point, DB. And uh, you know, it's it's really about again waste reduction, because expensive clothes are made of thicker materials. They they involve more labour and and more material, thicker material and more material, more and thicker material. You know, more detailed ornamentation. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot more energy and labour goes into these clothes. More extensive design process, I imagine. Exactly. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of preliminary works, legal works, patenting, uh, trademarks. Yep. A lot of consultation that occurs around the clothing. Anti-piracy um, measures. Yep. And uh, you know, obviously, the design process is one that's excruciating. Yeah. Whereas if you if you buy a, a nice um, a nice t-shirt from Lowe's, you know, paper thin and designed to fit literally anyone you know it's 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 a sack isn't it it's a sack with holes in it but you can look like someone who's just stepped off the runway off the catwalk by buying one of these these shirts um because fashion's always changing well see uh, the fashion industry i think has shot itself in the foot by by um hosting these these uh shows mm. where these these models come out wearing ever more ridiculous yeah, it's, they've painted themselves into a corner, isn't it? And so uh, I, I can wear whatever I want, yeah. and, uh, and I, I can be, be I can be, be likened to a, a model. It could be confused with with high fashion, and that's that's sort of what I'm getting at here. Like if I go to Lowe's and buy myself a uh, a grey uh, polo shirt and just burn the sleeves off with a jet lighter, you know, that would that would be this summer's hottest look. Yeah. And no one could tell me otherwise, you know. And if, if you don't, if you don't agree, well, you just don't know. You just haven't been watching. Well, yeah. And, uh, fashion is very opinionated, mm. um, but it's not opinionated at, uh, in a, within a hierarchy. No. It, it may have been once, but now um, it's more of a distributed network mm. um, with uh, nodes and clusters. Nodes of authority. Um, and uh, as time goes on, those. Uh, Clusters uh, are, are spreading, much like the the societal the goo, goo we, yeah. we referenced earlier. Mm. So, 
this means that highbrow fashion brands mm. where you you can spend five hundred dollars on um, on a singlet yeah easily uh, they're dying out they are people are losing interest they're starting to see through the facade you know um, there are children going to school these days with four thousand dollar pencil cases right because their parents think that's cool yeah but what we're finding is the children who are at the forefront of this whole movement can detect that this 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 pencil case is not all it's cracked up to be. And what's more, they realise that their their parents are assholes. Hmm. And children more and more are starting and, to realise this. And this is wrecking families all across Australia. Yeah, it's really uh, it's really like a breaking it down, isn't it? It's it's destroying them. Um. You know, the respect that we once had for for the, the generations that went before us is starting to reverse, and it's because of fashion. That's right, yeah. Now, um, I've noticed Lowe's often has um, sales, MG, mm. um, and I, I've know, I know you've had many dealings with Lowe's. Um, what, what does a sale mean in this context? Not much, because when you're talking about a shirt that costs $9, you know, 30% off, you got a $6 shirt. Six dollars, nine dollars. You know, most people can afford either. It's so, less than a less than the price of a packet of cigarettes. So, is does this is this designed to encourage volume purchasing? I would say so. I think uh, every every trip to Lowe's, you every time you you pass an item on the the rack that you that you really like, you should buy as many of them as possible. You should just buy them out if you can. Probably worthwhile uh, going to a Lowe's within a, a shopping centre, mm. and. Um, uh, getting a trolley from from the Woolies or Coles. Yeah, park um, it out the front and uh, just walk in with mm-hmm. the trolley. Yep, uh, you can you can conscript some of the help of the workers at Lowe's. They're very uh, they're usually very pliable people. Yeah, they're not like somebody who works at say, um, you know, like Zara or something mm. like that. They're 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 going to do everything they can. They're going to go out of their way to help you. And if you you can just click at them and start yelling, and they will fill that trolley. With whatever shirt, pants, yeah. you know, a little beret, whatever That's they've right. got there, they will fill the trolley for you. And they won't. They won't in the stock room. They won't look at you. No. They won't judge you. No, they'll be looking at the tiles. That's that, for sure. They'll be looking at the tiles, and uh, and they, they they move about in a sort of swooping motion. Yeah. Whereby you 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 just click your fingers and point at a little table which is piled up with with clothes, and and then, and they just put their arm down on the table and sweep all of the clothes under the trolley for you. Yep. They behave in a way that really doesn't invite respect, but um, you know that that doesn't really matter as long as they do what you want. I, I don't care. Yeah, it doesn't really. You don't and, have to respect your, you. your, no. your workers. No, no, no. So um, a big thank you to Lowe's. Yeah, you just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, don't uh, don't change. Don't change. This digital audio recording is powered by Microlift the industry leader in FRGHHSGHKD for Guelph.